<laughs> What's up, Excel? I know now officially everybody is in school and you're loving it and this is amazing. And no, nobody, nobody's enjoying it. Isn't it weird? We're finally starting to get into that season where when you leave the house, it's dark. And when you get home, it's dark. And you feel like you never see any sunlight and it's really awkward. Um, but guess what? I got a newborn, so it's always dark for me. I have no idea what the concept of time is. She wakes me up at random hours, so we can all just suffer together, amen? Um, real quick, if you weren't here early enough to hear some of the announcements, just want to make sure that everybody is aware. Uh, we got uh, small group kickoffs happening next month at the beginning of February, so we want to make sure that you guys are locked and loaded for that. We got some details. We got something special planned out for that, and so stay tuned for that. And then also say Spring Breakaway. Spring Breakaway is gone and kicking off. Uh, just in case you don't know the dates, it is May 1st through 3rd. Uh, we got some special treats coming for that. Uh, our speaker, his name is Aaron Holt. He did summer camp for the Illinois District last year, good friend of mine. And then uh, for those of you who are familiar, uh, do you guys uh, like Momentum this past year? Who went to Momentum? Awesome. Did you guys like Izzy and Ariel? They were rocking the Excel sweatshirts. Well, they're going to be leading us in worship this year. And so we're excited to have them. It's going to be exciting. And so here's the deal. Uh, we need you to sign up ASAP, and that means as soon as we start handing them out, which should be either the end of this month or the beginning of February. And uh, we got some things that are lining up as far as uh, incentivizing you. And so we're going to have some points available beginning for registrations to see who gets what. And listen, this year... I know there's been years in the past, you're like, oh, points don't matter. We're making them matter big time this year. And so whoever goes in, you're going to have a lot of stuff going into Breakaway. And, uh, and I don't want to give away too much. But let me just tell you that the small group with the most points leading into it, they get some perks right off the bat at Breakaway, like, like no KP at all. right? They don't have to clean anything. They get front of the line every time. There's some extra little things that we've come up with to get you to sign up. And so we want to encourage you. This, we believe, might be one of the biggest registrations we have ever. And so our heart is if we can get you guys, the core group of our kids, signed up, then it's easier for us to get your friends and to help pay for your friends. And so we want to encourage you. If you already know you're going, help us out. And uh, we uh, might be opening registration for summer camp in February as well. So if you're interested in going to summer camp, we're looking at doing a two uh, two-time registration. The key is you got to sign up for spring breakaway first. Then you can sign up for summer camp, all right? And uh, we have a great speaker at summer camp. It's me. And so hopefully you guys are going to enjoy it. It'll be fun. So we've been kind of in this series that's been um, going into 2020 vision and what God has for us in this year. And uh, we decided that we wanted to cover some fundamental aspects of Excel. These are things that we really value and that we want you to understand. We talk about a ton of different topics, but what we want to talk about over the next several weeks are some core things that you'll hear us preach about all the time because it's just that important for you to understand it and implement it into your life. And we kicked it off last week talking about the importance of what? Reading your Bible, right? We talked about the importance of reading your Bible and understanding God's word. And there's no way you will ever understand God if you don't understand his word. And so we want to challenge you and encourage you. And I know a lot of times you're like, oh, I got all this other stuff to read for school. And listen, God's not going to care if you know To Kill a Mockingbird. He will care if you know the gospel. And so it's important for you. Listen, I'm not saying don't do your homework. I'm saying do both, okay? 
Take the time. And if you're sitting there going, I just don't have time to read the Bible. Well, if you haven't watched any YouTube videos and you don't play any video games and you don't watch any kind of media or and you spend no time on social media, then I will believe you. But you don't. And so you have absolutely plenty of time to open up your Bible and read. And again, I don't say that you have to read 15 hours a day. I'm saying take 15 minutes. Start slow and start building up and working your way towards it. And so last week we talked about reading your Bible and how reading your Bible is God speaking to you. Tonight we want to talk about the amazing gift we have in being able to speak to God, right? And in church we call that prayer. Say prayer. prayer. I want to talk to you today about prayer. Prayer is one of the most unbelievable tools that you and I have in our spiritual walk. And if we're honest, it's a tool that's used, if I can say it, almost inappropriately. And here's what I mean. We almost don't take prayer seriously until we have something serious to pray about. Right? We almost never take prayer seriously until we have something serious to pray about. And what I mean is we don't really have a regular prayer life or many of us don't have a regular prayer life. But let a loved one land in the hospital and suddenly you know how to pray. Right? We say things like, oh, I'm not sure how to pray. I don't know what to do. But, but let something happen critical. Let something go down. Watch you fail in all your grades. Like not just one class. You fail in like sophomore and junior year. I don't know how you did it in one time, but you're failing it all. And suddenly you're like, wow, I need to pray, right? There are moments that get so serious that you don't care that you don't know. You just got to do it. And what I'm saying is rather than waiting for a serious moment to have serious prayer, make prayer serious. And then those moments won't be as serious. Okay. What I mean by that is if you start to develop a prayer life now before it gets crazy, when it does, it won't be so crazy for you because you've already trained yourself in how to intercede and take that time and pray with God, right? You don't, if you're a fighter, if you're an athlete, you're not practicing for the championship game the morning of. You've been doing that the whole season. You've been doing that the whole time, preparing yourself for the moment that's most critical. And what prayer does is it prepares you every single day. It prepares your spirit, your mind. It opens doors. It allows things to happen. It changes how you feel, how you think. Because it's time that you're spending alone with God speaking to him. And listen, the crazy part is, if you really think about it, who are we that we should be able to talk to God? Who are we that we would have the audacity to speak to God? As a matter of fact, if you read your Bible, you'll find in the Old Testament that very few people had that right. As a matter of fact, uh, you read in the Old Testament that once a year, the priest who was a representative of the people before God would come before God and he would bring all the sins of the people before God and he would ask for atonement. And at that point, God was kind of housed in this tent and it was called the tent of meeting and there was kind of a few barriers before you got into it, a few curtains that you had to go through before you can get into where the presence of God resided. And the Bible tells us that the priest had to be clean, had to be purified, had to have all these things. He had to be right with God. And just in case, they tied a rope around his ankle so that when he got into the presence of God, if he wasn't right, if there was secret sin and something not good about him, when he would get into the presence of God, he would drop dead. And because you couldn't go into the presence of God like that, they had to tie a rope because nobody could go in and get him. So they literally had to drag him out. Okay? It, that's how crazy it is that you and I can talk to God. The fact that we don't drop dead the moment we acknowledge him is a crazy thing. 
But what happened is the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, when you read it in the Gospels at his crucifixion, the Bible says that the curtain was torn. That's literal and figurative. The literal curtain that was the dividing place between the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, and his people ripped. And spiritually, that divider, that thing that kept you and God separated, was ripped open. And now you have access to the throne of grace. You have access to God. And the fact that we don't take advantage of that is criminal and almost sad. You have this incredible opportunity to stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and not just talk to him, but ask him for things. And he will listen to you. It's a crazy thought when you read the Bible that you and I get to do that. But it's an important thing that we now take advantage of it. Not just when stuff is bad, not just when things are crazy, but on a regular basis. Here's how we, if I can get it to you in layman's terms. Okay. Regular communication. If you think about your best friends, the people that you're closest to, they are the ones that you communicate with the most. That's why you're the closest to them. That's why you consider them your best friends. If you need something from a best friend, you have no shame in asking. You, you'd be like, yo, I like those pants. Can I borrow them? It's like, yo, that's, wow, okay. Like, people be doing that, right? Hey, man, those are cool shoes. Let me use them next week. Like, that's the audacity you have with a close friend. You'll ask them. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, da, 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 da. that's so cool. Let me get that. Let me borrow that game. Let me do you have no problem. But you wouldn't do that to a stranger, right? I hope not. It's not like you're on the CTA. You're like, yo, what's up? Those are nice shoes. Let me get them. You only say that if you're robbing them, right? Like, you know, like if a stranger said that to me, I'm like, dang, he's robbing me. Like, I don't think he's just asking for it. And so what I'm saying is when there's familiarity, when there's continual communication, there's no problem asking anything. But when you don't have a connection to somebody, it's awkward to ask for things. And that's why sometimes when you really need something from God, you ask your leader, you ask Pastor Joey, you ask one of your friends that you think is spiritual, you tell them to pray. Because in your mind, I'm not close with him like that, but you are. Listen, that's why some of your friends ask you to pray. Because they think, well, you're a Christian, you're close to God. Hey, would you pray for this? And it could be, listen, I've had it, friends that don't even believe in God. When stuff happens, hey, man, can you, can you pray? And listen, we have to be willing to respond. And we have to be willing to step up. Now, we're good at saying we're going to pray, right? Anytime there's a tragedy going down, the earthquake in Puerto Rico, fires in Australia, what's going on in World War III, things that are happening in our friends' families' lives, we're easy at texting and writing, praying for you. Or what's that famous one, thoughts and prayers? There's nothing wrong, by the way, I think. That triggers a lot of people because they feel like thoughts and prayers is inaction, like you're not doing anything, you're just saying something. Well, thoughts and prayers are only ineffective when it's only left with thinking of praying. In other words, thoughts and prayers suck if all you do is think about praying but don't actually do it. But praying is powerful. Praying sometimes is the only thing you can do. And it's why the authors in the Bible constantly, constantly, constantly remind us to pray. And so I want to focus in on one verse and I want to break this down. And then tonight we're going to spend a good amount of time in prayer. And I want you to kind of see what it means and what we do. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And I want you to see what uh, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and, and the, the encouragement and the advice he's given them. He says this, 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, let me read that one more time. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I went over this with our leaders on Sunday because I think it's just that important. But I'm going to reiterate it with you tonight. So I want to break down what it's saying. And if you're taking notes, the first thing is this. Notice how it says to pray in the spirit on all occasions. On all occasions. If you're taking notes, that's the first thing. What do they mean by all occasions? It means be ready to pray all the time. Right? All the time. There are always, there's always an opportunity to pray. And most of the time, we don't take advantage of the opportunity. Because maybe we're not at church. And we think, well, church is the occasion where you pray. No, no. As believers, we pray on all occasions. So let me give you a scenario. You're at school. You're in the lunchroom. And you're talking to your friend. And your friend starts telling you about stuff that's going on uh, at home. And, and how their dad just lost their job. And, and they're not sure if they're going to be able to keep the house. And things are going on. Now, in a regular scenario, you might say, man, that's messed up. I'm sorry. And that's okay. That's a good thing to say. But what if you took it a step further and say, man, do you think I could pray with you right now? I just, I just want to pray that, that God would open the door and your, and your dad would find a job. Now, listen, most of the time, most people, believers or not, will say yes to that. It's weird. Like people who don't even believe in God will be like, you know what, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Because even if all they think it's a nice gesture, you know that it's more than a gesture. But praying on all occasions is seeing the opportunity and going, yeah, hey, you know what, let me pray for you right now. Oh, but, but, but everyone's there. Who cares? Even better. Maybe they'll go to you later on and say, hey, you know how you prayed for that one? Could you pray for me too? Right? So you stop and you go, hey, let me pray for you real quick. You don't have to do like this. You don't have to grab a microphone and stand in front of the whole school. And go, hey, guys, we're going to pray for Susie. <laughs> right? you just, hey, listen, let me just, I'll just pray with you right here. And then you pray. That's praying on all occasions. Or, or here, here's another one. Uh, you're, they come to you, right? Hey, man, I got something going on. Hey, would you pray for me? Maybe somebody here comes up and, hey, I got a lot of stuff happening. Would you pray for me? Instead of saying, yeah, man, I'm praying for you. What if we stopped what we're doing and actually prayed? Because I'll be honest with you, there's been many times where I've said, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. And then I don't. And it's not like I'm trying to be mean and, and lying to them. I just If you just say it and you kind of like, oh, I'm going to pray for them tonight. And then you go on with your day and stuff happens and, you know, things move on. And you just, you forget. They're not a priority for you really. And so even though it was a major importance for them, it wasn't for you. So I've trained myself Instead of going, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. Hey, let's just pray right now. What else? We're just talking. Let's just pray right now. But taking the opportunity to understand, hey, on any occasion, I'm ready to pray. It reminds me like I was, when I was in high school, um, we used to always wear basketball shorts under my jeans. All the time. I had basketball shorts. Usually it was my gym class shorts. I don't know if kids still do that. But we did that all the time. Why would we do that? Just in case the game picked up. Just in case someone was like, hey, you want to hoop? I'm like, all right, bet. Just took my jeans off, and I hooped. I was ready. Any hey, you want to play ball? Let's do it. 
take my pants off, just throw them on the side, and I was ready to play. Why? I was ready on any occasion. Well, listen, in the same way, learn to be ready to pray on any occasion. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, to never stop praying. Never stop praying. How long am I supposed to pray for? Forever. We're, we're never supposed to cut off the communication we're having with God. It's, you, you guys remember like uh, in the uh, Marvel movies, right, in, in Avengers, when, when Hulk, he's, he's, he's Bruce Banner, and he's walking up to the thing, and they're like, don't you got to get angry? And he turns around, he's like, that's my secret. I'm always angry. And then he just, blah, and everyone's like, oh, that was so sick, right? Listen, you don't have to have the, the worship team here get you all riled up. To be able to press in and pray when you're already there. You don't got to press in when you're already pressed, right? You don't got to move in the spirit when you live in the spirit, right? And so you got to understand, if the Bible tells me to never stop praying, that means I never leave the throne of grace. That means at any opportunity where prayer is a chance to, to intercede, where, where God gives me a point, I'm just going to talk to him. That means if I'm on a bus stop, I'm talking to him. If it's just me and the Lord, man, it's just me and the Lord, let's talk. I mean, we waste so many opportunities to talk to God because we're just doing nothing else. We're scrolling through our feeds. Refresh, refresh. Listen, if you just took, listen, honestly, if you just trained yourself to say, I'm going to pray every time I refresh, y'all would have prayed a million times a day. Right? You refresh, it's four in the morning. Ain't nobody writing anything anymore. You just keep refreshing like, same post. <laughs> That's when you're like, I might as well go to sleep, Right? But if you just learn, listen, I'm going to refresh my spirit every time I try to refresh my feed. I'm going to take time and I'm going to pray. And some of you are like, but I don't know how to pray. Let me give you the best advice. If you want to learn how to pray, start by praying. There's no other way to learn it. Start by talking to God. And you'll get better at it the more you talk to him. You'll learn the more you're communicating with him. Now, the Bible is, is interesting in how it says. It says, pray in the spirit on all occasions. And then it says something interesting. It says, with all kinds of prayers. With all kinds of prayers. What is that? Does that? That means there's different types of prayers. Right? But I thought prayer was just talking to God. No, no. There's different types of prayers, right? There, there's, there's crying prayer. We've all had crying prayer where the boogers are coming out. and There's that type of prayer. There's happy like, man, God, you're so great, God. There's happy prayers. There's, there's groaning prayers when you, you're so upset. There's no words. Good. Good. Those are good prayers, man. When you get it out, Right? There's all kinds of prayers in every type of situation. And as a matter of fact, let, let's look at one of the main prayers. In the Bible, Jesus with his disciples, and the disciples ask him in Matthew, they go, hey, Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus gives them what's considered the Lord's Prayer. And if you've ever been maybe on a sports team, you've recited. It's the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done, thy kingdom come as it is. You know, you know the famous verse. Well, listen. If you break that down, you start to notice Jesus gives them all kinds of prayer in that. Listen, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? That points us towards worship as we pray and glorify God. 
Sometimes when we're praying, our prayer is to glorify God. Listen, before you go in asking God for things, maybe you acknowledge who he is first. So the first prayer, instead of saying, God, it's me, you say, God, this is you. God, I, I know I'm not worthy to ask you anything, but, Lord, you, you are great and mighty to be praised. And, and I'm so grateful that I have an opportunity to talk to you. That's the kind of prayer. Our, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That points to prayer for missions, for evangelism, for discipleship. God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. God, it's not just about my needs. I want your needs to happen, Lord. I want my will to line up with your will. God, help me to understand your purpose in life, not just giving you my purpose in life, right? That's a different type of prayer. And then it goes, give us this day our daily bread. Now, that's your personal thing. So you started with acknowledging God, and you start praying God's purpose and God's will, and then you ask for what you need. God, I need bread, right? Some of you are like, nah, for real, I wouldn't mind a bolillo right now. Like, I need some bread. But God's like, listen, daily bread, what does that mean? That means what you need to live every day. God, I need you to get me into this school. God, I need you to, to help and provide for my home. My, my, my family is a mess. My parents are on the brink of divorce. My, my cousin is, is wilding out. God, I need you to intervene in my family. God, I need you to, to provide for a job because uh, we're, we're going to lose our house. These are all different types of prayers, but that intercedes with the need of prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. This is a prayer of confession. It confesses our sins. It's a prayer for our relationships. Right? Forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. What is it saying? God, I know that I'm not righteous. Please forgive me and help me to forgive other people. It's a different kind of prayer. And then do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer for holiness, both for others and ourselves. God, help me to be like you. God, don't allow me to slip back into old habits. God, help me to not keep doing the things I don't want to do. Help me to be more like you. In one prayer, you see all different kinds of prayers. And what is Paul saying in Ephesians? He says, do them all. Right? In other words, don't just pray prayers of request. Don't limit your prayer life to just asking God and saying, give me, give me, give me. And the other times, don't be afraid to ask God for things. Right? Don't make your prayer life only worship and never take the time to acknowledge, God, I need some things. There's a balance, and you have to learn to pray them all, right? Don't just pray your will. Learn to pray God's will because when you pray God's will, it becomes your will. You start to line up with those things. Like all kinds of prayers result in all kinds of things, and that's why it's important for us to use them. Listen, some of us, if we're honest, our prayer life really is limited to one kind of prayer, and nine times out of ten, it's asking for things. And because we notice that, we feel bad about that, and instead of praying all the other types of prayers, we just don't pray at all. Because we think, nah, I just keep asking God as if, as if God runs out of things to give you. So it says in Ephesians, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. And then it says, with this in mind, be alert. Now this is a big one for us and, and present company included. I was telling the team, if any of you have insomnia and have trouble sleeping, try praying. Because the moment you set yourself up to start to pray, right? It ain't just me. Come on, guys. Like, we, we've all been there, right? We're like, 
man, like you'll be on your phone all I can't sleep. I'm wide awake. And God's like, you want to talk? And you're like, yeah, sure, Lord. <laughs> you try to play it off like it's just the peace of God. The peace of God, it gives me rest. No, it's just, listen, anytime you try to get in with God, something's going to try to get in with you. And you need to learn to be alert, to be ready, to be prepared, to, to, to have the mind of saying, no, no, no. I know I'm tired, I know I'm hurting, I know I'm struggling, but I got to be ready. I got to intervene in this. If you look in your Bible, going back to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26, Jesus knows that the end is coming. He just had his last supper, he just hung out with his disciples, and he knows that in a moment they're going to capture him, they're going to beat him, they're going to tear him to shreds, and they're going to hang him on a cross, and he's going to bear the sin of the world. This is a really difficult time because you have to understand that Jesus, yes, was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And this was a scary moment for him. So he goes to his, his quiet place. He goes to this garden called Gethsemane. And he's getting alone with God and he's going to talk to God. And, and even if you see his prayers, prayer, it's really transparent. It's really honest. It, he, he tells God, God, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. But I want your will, not mine. So if it's your will to, to pass this cup, in other words, if it's your desire for me to not have to do it, please. <laughs> but I want what you want. The Bible says that that prayer was so stressful that he actually cried tears of blood. Now, scientifically speaking, if there is a level of stress where the stress is so much that the capillaries in your eyes burst and you start to actually have tears of blood, that's the level of stress he was feeling in this prayer time. So because he knew it was going to be this intense battle in prayer, because he knew he was going to go through this situation, he brings his friends. He brings a couple of his disciples. You know, one of his main ones, Peter. And he says, guys, I'm going to go pray. Would you pray with me here? And they're like, we got you, Peter. Or we got you, Jesus. No problem. But listen, Matthew 26, verse 40 through 41. says, then he returned, meaning Jesus. To his disciples, and he found them what? Asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Listen, Jesus found victory at the cross, right? Jesus found victory at the cross while he was having the struggle in Gethsemane. That's where he won on the cross. It was in his time of prayer. Peter, just like us, failed in his later temptation because he failed to watch and pray, right? If you read the story later on, Peter, who was all cocky and thought he'd never betray God, and God's like, dude, you're going to do it three times tonight. I think Peter would have never failed in his temptation if he wouldn't have failed in his prayer life. But because he failed in his prayer life, he failed in his real life. Don't act like there's not a correlation. Jesus succeeded on the cross because he succeeded in the garden. He won on the cross because he won in the garden. I'm telling you right now, and I use athletes a lot because I love sports. Championships are won in practice, not just in the game. You will have spiritual victory in your prayer closet more than you will at this altar up here. We need to learn to be alert. 
right, to be alert, to be ready, to be prepared. Too often, people are counting on you to pray for them, and you just don't. You just don't. But when it matters to you, when it's your family, when it's your issue, you really count on people to pray. You really want them to pray. I'm saying, what if we all prayed? What if this room understood the importance of prayer so much so that we try to are desperately to get here during pre-service prayer because we understand that the victory that happens during the sermon happens in pre-service prayer, not in the preaching. That if you want your friends to get saved, it happens when you pray for them in your alone time, not when you talk to them in your personal time. But they keep saying no, so do you, to prayer. They might be able to say no to you, but they are helpless against your prayers. Right? They may not want to hear it from you, but they have no choice in your prayers. They can't stop you from praying. They can't stop you from interceding. You may not want to hear it from me. You may not want to have a friendship with me or relationship with me, but I will continue to pray for you because you are helpless against my prayers. That's why I think when the verse in Ephesus, he ends it with this. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. This is kind of where I want to bring it in a little bit because we need to pray for each other. We need to take time to intercede for each other. You need to pray for me, your leaders. You need to pray for each other. And here's the problem. You don't even know each other's names all the time. How can you pray for someone you don't even know? It's not that many of you. But we're so in and out or we're so consumed with the three or four people we know that we don't take time to even get to know another person's name, let alone pray for them. But we need to take time to pray. Why? Listen, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. So we keep on praying for you, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13, it says, And may the Lord make you love for one another and for all of God's people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. What is he reiterating? He's saying, guys, pray for each other. Pray that each other would succeed. Instead of looking at somebody going, oh, did you see what so-and-so posted? They're not even real. They're not even this. No, shut up and pray for them. If it bothers you enough to talk about them, it should bother you enough to pray about them. Because talking to somebody else doesn't help them get better. It doesn't help them grow spiritually. As a matter of fact, it makes you lose spirituality. But when you understand and you take the time and you say, man, so-and-so is really struggling. Let me pray for them. So-and-so seems like they're going through a hard time. Let me intercede for them. Hey, you know what? I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. I'm going to reach out to them. But even more than that, I'm going to be praying for them. And I'm going to pray that God will intervene. I'm going to pray that God will intercede. I did this lesson with our leaders on Sunday, and I challenged our leaders over the next 21 days as we're fasting as a church 
to begin to pray for the leaders, to have a list. And I've been going through my list and just praying for the leaders. And it's amazing to see the things that God is already beginning to do in that prayer time. And so as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know what, tonight, that's how I want us to close out. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jason if he can help me out. I want to take some time and have you guys pray for each other. And here's what I'm going to need you to do, because prayer takes a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of honesty. Prayer takes a little bit of courage. So I'm going to need you to do a few things. Number one, don't worry about not knowing how to pray. If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. I don't need you to be fancy. I don't need you to, to give me these and thous and stuff like that. I just need you to be transparent. But here's what I'd like to do. Sal and some of the leaders, they're going to help me out. Actually, can you just pass them out like just down the row? They're going to pass out some prayer cards. And listen to my instructions before you write anything. What I want you to do is I want you to be really honest and I want you to be really transparent. I don't want you to write your name on this. I don't want you to give any personal details that would give any clues to who you are or anything like that. I just want you to write your deepest spiritual need or your deepest need at home. Whatever it is you're going through, write down a prayer request. And here's what I'm asking. Please don't be superficial. Don't be like, pray for my friends and family to get saved. Okay, that's a good prayer, right? But I want you to be specific, right? Who are you talking about? Pray that my dad will be saved. Pray that my parents would not get divorced. Pray that my uh, family member's cancer would go away. Pray that um, I would no longer have the urge to cut myself. Pray that I'd get over my porn addiction. Pray that God would heal me in this area of depression. Pray that God would, like, I want you to be raw and specific because here's the deal. You're not signing your name to it. I don't need anybody to know who you are because God knows who you are. But when you're done writing what it is, we're going to collect them all, and then I'm going to ask each of you to grab one that's not yours. <laughs> and we're going to spend the rest of the service interceding for that person. Because it doesn't matter who they are, they're your brother and sister. And that's all that matters. So if you need to get away from somebody so they don't see you writing, that's fine. If you need to do whatever. But I'm asking you, please, would you be open, honest, and transparent? Would you be vulnerable? I'm asking the leaders to write the same stuff. Because they need to pray for you too. Be as deadly honest as you can be. If you're like, listen, just today I thought about killing myself. And I'm really struggling with that. And I need somebody to pray for me tonight. I need you to take that time and be honest. Because God knows what you're going through and you know what you're going through. But I can't pray for you as well if I don't know what I'm praying for. And so we're going to help each other in this moment because in another moment, we're going to get into our battle position and we're going to begin to call on heaven and we're going to begin to intercede and we're going to begin to ask God to move. Maybe you're struggling in your faith. Maybe you're hanging on by a thread. You're like, I don't even know if I believe anymore. I'm so mad at God. I'm so hurt. Write it down. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that God will restore that broken relationship. We're going to believe that God would bring healing. We're going to believe that God would become the foundation of your life so that you never have to get hurt by anybody else.